Happy Monday, friends. This is Cordelia on the We Healed Together podcast. Today, we are talking about closure on the podcast. Very excited to get into that. As always, check out the show notes for all my citations for the information used in today's episode. Check out the show notes for info on me, my workbook, and all of that good stuff as well. You can follow along on Instagram if you like my content. On my podcast, I have a lot of similar content on my Instagram. It is at Codependent Recovery. The next episode comes out Monday, August 23rd, two weeks from today. After a few words from our sponsor, we will get right into the episode. Let's get healing, y'all. Today's episode is brought to you by two different sponsors. They are both doggy companies, so you know that I love them. (laughs) I will, for full disclosure and transparency, as I always want to disclose that kind of stuff to you, I will earn a commission if you end up clicking through the links for either of these sponsors and making a purchase. With that being said, I prior to getting in Instagram and getting any kind of partnership with these sponsors, as well as getting my podcast, with my own money, I I bought these products on my own, out of my pocket, and I can honestly say that I like these products a lot. I, I stand behind these products, and that's the only reason that I'm comfortable partnering with them. So first sponsor is Iron Doggy. If you follow me on Instagram, that's who uh, I always show like the leash in my Instagram that I use on my two dogs. So I love their hands-free leashes. You can use them for walking or running and they're awesome for taking your dogs around. Even if you just have one dog, they have that option, but they have awesome options for two dogs as well. I have linked in the show notes, the leashes that I use for my dogs, as well as provided a general link. And if you use the code HEAL10, you get an additional 10% off. The other sponsor for today's episode is Embark. Again, this is another company that I paid for out of pocket, did the dog DNA testing kits on my dogs. And I thought it was such a cool process and I was really excited for this opportunity now to partner with them. So the results came back. It took about, mine only took about two weeks, but they general, generally come back in two to four weeks. The, they test over 350 breeds of dogs. They're the most accurate dog DNA test on the market, and they're the only canine DNA relative finder. They analyze over 200,000 genetic markers, And I've put the links for those kits in the show notes. If you use the spring 50 code on the link that I provided to the breed and health kit, that will get you $50 off. I loved finding out my dog's breeds. I thought that was so cool. So I hope you enjoy those and check out the show notes. As mentioned, I will get a commission if you click on the affiliate link and purchase through there.
today's episode, we are talking all about closure. Let's start very basic, very beginning. What is closure? According to Merriam-Webster, it is an often comforting or satisfying sense of finality. When we think about closure, the origins actually started with gestalt principles in psychology. I'm going to do a very abbreviated overview of what those principles are. They look at perception and how our mind perceives and processes images. One of those principles is called closure. Visually, with our mind, we will close gaps in things, even if they're not there. So an example Bear with me because I'm having to describe it and you can't see me. Imagine there's a bunch of dashes and they are in a circular form, but they're not connected. So it's not like a a circle with a straight line. It's a circle with dashes. Our brain essentially still perceives it as a circle, even though it's technically not closed. Like there's still dashes around it. So it's how our brain is visually organizing and perceiving things and making a bunch of parts one whole object. This is where the concept of closure came from. When we think of cognitive closure in relationships and friendships or any kind of situation, this is referring to your desire as a person for an answer to some kind of question or something that's up in the air and is in an ambiguous state. So it's how our brain is essentially trying to piece together everything. We're trying to stop gathering all the information and we're trying to make it this one complete whole thing. Once you have closure, the principle or the idea is you don't look for that information anymore. You can close your mind, essentially, to any other information because you have your quote-unquote closure. When you are looking for closure, you, you are looking for certainty, but you also are looking for optimistic outcomes and... When we are in a state, especially when we are feeling threatened or frightened or uneasy about something, it makes sense that we are looking for certainty that things are going to get better and some finality on the situation. If you are suffering, if you are in pain, closure can also look like wanting to hold somebody responsible for that and that can be one one way that our mind tries to get closure and obtain closure what we know about closure and what we hear about closure is really not accurate it's used all the time in pop psychology and in media and I really love what Davis Bush wrote. He is an author of a book called Hope and Healing for Transcending Loss. He wrote, 
Americans like happy endings. We're a feel-good society. We like clean-cut things. We want to believe there's an end to pain. In reality, it's not that the pain ends, but it changes over time. It's true. I think that we are a society that wants happy endings. We want to put a nice little bow on things and wrap it up nicely. When it comes to relationships or even friendships, I want to expand this so it's not just intimate relationships because I think it's equally applicable to friendships as well. When we think about relationships, gosh, I think about all the time and that I absolutely thought that I needed closure in the way that it's been presented to me in society. (laughs) It's almost like a fairy tale in your mind where you are imagining this perfect conversation occurring and this bittersweet ending and farewell and poof, everything's magical and you're able to get resolution and start moving forward. Rarely has that, I I don't think that's ever happened for me. If it's happened for you, that's amazing. (laughs) Kudos to you. It has not happened for me. And it's kept me stuck for a really long time when I've felt like, oh, if I could just get this closure, I'll feel better. I've linked Guy Winch's TED Talk in my show notes on the podcast. It's one of my favorite, if not my absolute favorite TED Talk. (laughs) It's only like 10 minutes, so I definitely encourage you to listen to it. But I really like what he says. So he is talking about in the TED Talk, he talks about heartbreak and getting over a broken heart and it's specific to intimate relationships in his TED talk. But again, I think that definitely it can apply to other situations. He says, quote, getting over heartbreak is not a journey. It's a fight. There's no breakup explanation that's going to feel satisfying. No rationale that can take your pain away. Don't search for one. Don't wait for one. Just accept the one you were offered or make up one yourself and put the question to rest. You need something else as well. You have to be willing to let go to accept that it's over. Otherwise, your mind will feed on your hope and set you back. Hope can be incredibly destructive when your heart is broken. Finally, he says, heartbreak is a master manipulator. The ease with which it gets our mind to do the absolute opposite of what we need in order to recover is remarkable. One of the most common tendencies we have when our heart is broken is to idealize the person who broke it. We spend hours remembering their smile, how great they made us feel, the time we hiked up the mountain. He says, what I tell my patients is to compile an exhaustive list of all the ways this person was wrong for you, all the bad qualities, all the pet peeves, and keep it on your phone. And whenever you feel this need for closure or this hope creeping up, pull it out and refer to it. 
I wanted to put that in here because I felt like it was really helpful and useful. And again, I think it can apply to friendships as well. His same advice you could do for a friend when you start to feel that hope and feel that need for closure. I challenge you, if you're listening to this podcast and struggling with closure on a situation, a relationship, a person, to let go of the concept of closure as we know it. Let go of what you've seen in the movies and what you've been told and what your friends have told you and your parents have told you and whoever else have ha- has said that cliche line of, you, oh, you just need closure. You need closure. Oh, you never got closure. I challenge you to pivot and number one, accept the fact you're never going to tie up this situation nicely with a bow. It's not going to be wrapped up perfectly you're not ever going to get the ending that you're going to get. Number two, accept that you're never going to get the apology that you want. Accept that this person who has wronged you or this relationship that has ended, whatever you feel that, and I'm sure you're deserving of, I'm not, trying to (laughs) undermine that at all, this apology, I want you to acknowledge that you're never going to get it. The sooner you accept that, the sooner you can move on. I want you to accept that society has been telling you the wrong thing and you can actually give yourself closure. Another person can't give you closure. And here's the thing and why that's true Sometimes in relationships or friendships, people just kind of grow apart and there might not be an exact reason that they no longer want to be your friend or your partner. I think when we demand closure from somebody else, we also may be just demanding them to make stuff up. It's kind of like if you think about when they torture people whether in movies or real life, or they try to get confessions out of people and people give false, false confessions or just say whatever. When you are asking somebody, give me closure, give me closure. Keep in mind that whatever they relay to you, I mean, you're never going to know if that's the truth anyways. And It really is just kind of a frivolous, pointless exercise because it's not, it's a forced communication and it's, the other person likely is not speaking from their heart. Next, I want you to stop all the would've, could've, should'ves. I remember when I was struggling initially before I filed for divorce, I kept thinking, If I just said this one thing perfect or if I just went about something differently, maybe things could have been different. And all of these little hypotheticals that go on in your mind, you've got to let them go and you've just got to accept things the the way that they are. 
yes, things might have been different had you gone a different way. And I know this sounds really easy. I'm not trying to say like, this is super easy. Just (laughs) snap your fingers and this works. No, it actually is very hard and it's very challenging and it's going to be an uphill battle at first. You're going to have to have some conversations with yourself that are like, okay, I'm going down this rabbit hole again where I'm doing the coulda, woulda, shoulda thing and it's really not helpful and the fact of the matter is yeah all these things could have happened but they didn't and this is the situation that I'm in right now and this is how my life is right now this is I'm living in the present I'm accepting the present I think the really tricky part of closure and the part I want you to really hone in on and pay attention to is Oftentimes, when we are seeking closure, we're really trying to hold on to that relationship still. We're trying to keep the door open. We're trying to avoid the pain and the realization that comes with accepting that that relationship or that friendship has ended. That if we are no longer chasing and running and grasping for closure, that means that we actually have to sit with our feelings and we're no longer being distracted by this pursuit of this thing that we're never going to get. And that's really a hard truth and a hard thing to swallow. And that's what I was doing ultimately in my own life before I filed for divorce and even after I filed for divorce initially I would say for the first about month or so after I filed for divorce I what I definitely had this thought of closure and this thought of you know how could I be married to somebody and be in this relationship with somebody and essentially feel so wronged by them and like they I've talked elaborately about this in prior podcast episodes I'm not going to rehash it all but that was there was a lot of that going on in my head where I was like you know we made this huge commitment I think I, I just pictured either the ending of the relationship being more like fairy tale like somehow which is in retrospect obviously not a real thing but when you're going through it you're not really being completely rational about it and I do think that I was holding on hope that dangerous h word I was holding on to hope and using closure as a crutch and it wasn't until I realized and talking to my therapist and working through everything. I remember one week she asked me in a session, Cordelia, what is it that he could say even that would give you closure? Like what would give you peace of mind? What would make you feel at ease? Is there anything he could say that would give you peace 
And I really sat with that and thought with that, thought about it for a long time. And I even carried it over and kind of thought about it throughout the week. And we talked about it in the next session and long story short, there definitely was nothing that he could say to fix anything or make me feel better or make me feel at peace. And there was nothing that he could say that would excuse or undo his actions or make me feel any better at all. And that's when I realized closure was not something that he could give me, that my ex-partner could give me. Closure is not what the movies is telling us, and it's something that we have to give ourselves. And it's not like a magical moment. I think it's closure is really being radically honest with yourself over and over again and just saying like there is no world where things work out with this person and there is no world where this person could ever say or do anything that would give me quote-unquote closure. I hope that this is helpful for everyone Again, this isn't just for friendship. I mean, for relationships, it can be for friendships. It can be for family members. Whatever situation that you're feeling, it can also be when a loved one passes away and maybe you didn't get that movie-like ending with them where, you know, you got this final send-off and you got to say everything that you hoped that you ever wanted to say. I think it's realizing that our brain plays these tricks on us and collectively it makes sense that we all want certainty and finality and we want things to be wrapped up but regardless of the situation it's not something that anyone else can give us I encourage you to do the work yourself as always I encourage you to Work with a licensed therapist, but I also encourage you to realize and accept that nobody else is going to give you closure. Nobody else is going to say magical words that will make you feel better. Thank you for hanging in there, friend. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. The next episode will be released in two weeks from today so that's monday august 23rd i hope you all are staying healthy and you're having an amazing summer i'll talk to you in a few weeks bye